0: All right. Welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for watching. I am sitting down today with FSU's athletic director, Michael Alfred. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, TJ. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Always a pleasure when you're on. You've, you've solidified your lead over Jen. I saw her last week. Um, so she's going to be fighting to get back on here. But you definitely, I think you think you might be lapping the field here. It's oh, winning, TJ. winning. Yeah, everything's a competition. <laughs> Always. No, no, no losing in anything. So. Uh, Well, I appreciate you for coming on. I appreciate you for hanging out. Um, Always a pleasure to have you on and and have you chatting. Let's start with this. A lot of people got some really good news last week when uh, the news of Mike Norvell's contract extension came down. Talk to us a little bit about uh, what went into that, your thoughts around that, getting that done, getting him locked up and him kind of being the the one to guide this ship for the next several years as far as the football
1: program goes.
0: Well, thanks for asking, TJ. You
1: know, it's an important when you, when you sit here, and I've been able to sit here in a different chair and, and work with Coach, and we really came in about three years ago together, uh, pretty much as I came in a little bit after him, and just seeing how the program has grown in those three years, everything from the culture to... Him putting his core values into the program, to the decisions he makes, to how authentic he is with the type of players he's recruiting and the high character of players uh, that he's recruiting here, and the high character of people he has around him in his coaching staff. So you see you've been able to sit back and observe, evaluate, assist, all the adjectives above, but really be close to what's going on in the program and to see the strides that have been made that truly a lot of people don't see. You see the success on the field and, and you see the work in the classroom the guys are doing. We had the, the, the highest GPA in team history in the fall, which in my mind is really unheard of during a season um, taking place. So you see all the things that he's been able to accomplish. And then you also talk about the future and my vision, his vision for the future, how they're in in alignment, um, and the support we get from the Board of Trustees, uh, the Chair Peter Collins, the support we get from President McCullough to go out and put our processes and procedures to reach our vision in place, um, it it really was a no-brainer. You see the success, you see how he fits this community, you see how We're in alignment together in every day, discussions uh, about the future of the program, the future of of what we're able to build here, and and just sitting out and talk to him. He wants to be in Tallahassee, and we want him here for a long time Uh, because it's not only is the the on-the-field success, it's the the off-the-field success because at the end of the day, we're educators, and we're growing, grooming young adults. These men to go out and contribute to society, and no one is doing that better, I say, in, in any coach I've been around of installing the proper core values and characteristics into a program than Coach Norvell. So, you know, there's a lot more that went in than the on on-field success that has taken place, but a lot of contributing factors was just the person he is and what he means to this program and the future of our program.
0: When you, I want to follow up with two things there. And first, we'll, we'll talk about on-field, and then I want to move to the off-field. But we were kind of getting him for a bit of a steal when you look at what he was, what he was making uh, prior to the extension and considering the on-the-field results, the 10 wins. Um, mm-hmm. He's now being paid like one of the elite coaches in college football, which we believe he is, and so I think that's pretty fitting that you talk about that side of it um because for florida state to compete at the highest level i think you have to you have to reward your coaches and and you have to pay at the highest level and so i do think that that on the field side of it did matter but i want to talk about to you about the culture side that you mentioned and i've made this comparison i know that this is these are lofty goals These are lofty expectations but coach bowden used to preach faith then family then football and it really does seem like Norvell, maybe taking a book out of that or a page out of that book with the turnaround in culture and where this program has come in two and a half, three quick years to, to completely do a 180 degree turn uh, as far as culture goes in a program. And so I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And I think Florida State fans want to see wins but they really do value the the culture and the turnaround of that side of the program too.
1: Well, we're both firm believers. If if you put in the right culture and the right core values into any organization, any business uh, that you're running, um, for anyone out there who owns a business, if you're doing the the right things behind the scene, success is going to come. It's going to follow that culture, and it all starts there, and long-term success. He and I talk all the time that we're building this for sustained success, not quick fixes. And we said that three years ago. He, he told me that three years ago. We're gonna build this to, for long term, not a quick fix. And that's the culture and the character, like I said, of the people he's brought around the program. Um, that they, they make a difference. They care more about the young men all off the field than they do on. And that matters. It matters to, her, as you mentioned, to our constituents, our fan base that understand how Florida State was built, how Florida State sustained success for all those years. It was about the culture, and that's one thing that we're really proud. We're getting back, always continuing building that, correct? You're always working on it. Um, But when you talk to the ex-players, the Derek Brooks who come back and watch a practice, or Warwick and I talk all the time about that what it was like when he was here and those great teams and the competitiveness on the field, uh, they all come back and say, you know, these are the values we played under. Uh, now, they may be a little different, but the core values and the culture and, because and, we're in a different time and age, uh, young men, but still it's about providing them the resources and the high character men to learn from, because these are the most impressionable time in these young men's lives. Any, any student athlete, you hear me talk about that all the time. Whether it's softball, soccer, whatever, we're here to make a difference because this is the most impressionable time in someone's life, and to my opinion, is their college experience. It's when they set their values, their philosophies, and go out and contribute and have a meaningful career and, and just contribute to whatever community they're living in and it's it's about having high character people around them from the coaching staff to our academic advisors to the administrator to whatever we're doing whoever touches their life on a daily basis it's about just setting that right culture that being that person that's authentic and that has builds those relationships with them and i think he does that and he's brought in a group of men around him and recruiting specialists. Everybody around that touches that program
0: is doing it the right way and is truly there for the right reason. Yeah, going uh, to a little bit different segment of football, we'll we'll talk about this a little bit. We uh, haven't had you on or we haven't chatted since we broke ground on the football-only facility, but uh, people have questions about that. People have questions about – timelines and expectations and when this will happen, when that'll happen, why it's not finished yesterday and everything else. Can you, can you talk to us about the uh, football only facility and, and give us an update there?
1: Trust me, I wanted it finished yesterday as well. <laughs> uh,
0: it's it not is, just
1: us. It is something I am working on every day across my desk and uh, because I know how important it is. And not only to the football program, but to, our, to our entire athletic department, to this community. Uh, to the success of the football program, I go back. It also brings in revenue to this community, um, as you and I've talked about on earlier shows. You know, six home games represents over a hundred million dollars of economic impact to Tallahassee and Leon County. So we have to keep. We have to do our part and keep the sustained success of this program, where people are coming into the community and using their free time and their entertainment dollars here but you know that facility we have broken ground um and actually we there's work going on right now there's some there's water pipe water lines being ran from across campus and that was going before we did the official breaking of the ground uh what running water lines there that's going on we have to move the west annex of the indoor facility where all the electrical to the indoor and everything that runs that we're building a new annex on the east side of the building, so that's currently I get to watch that progress every day out my window. Um, so they've already started that process before we can do anything over here. So it, the process is going, and, and we should be getting into really digging. Uh, let's say where the footprint's going to be and all that this fall, and uh, timeline just keeps moving after that as fast as we can go. But uh, the process is in place. We're excited about it. You know we. How about this? Uh, TJ, you know how much I study stats, and I go back and look at it, and I'm I'm analytical. If you were to guess where we are in dedicated football space in the ACC, we aren't talking anybody else. The ACC, we're in ninth place Hmm. at at 41,000 square feet dedicated football space, ninth, in our own conference. Um, So it's going to have an impact on that program. But also, it's going to have an impact, But and you've heard me say this before, because now the weight room here in Moore gets freed up for other sports a little bit more often. I have one sport that has to work out at 5.30, 6 in the morning because that's the only time available yeah. because when you have 20 sports rolling through there, it, it takes some time. Uh, the training room will get freed up a little more because football will have a different training room for those 120 athletes. Um, so there's more time in the in the rehab pools and machines and everything we have uh, for the for other athletes. So it's going to have a dramatic impact across all of our sports, and that's something that uh, I'm really anxious to get it up and built because you are going to see the benefit across everyone.
0: College football has certainly become a, an arms race and. Everybody's got, you know, it, well, not everybody, but the elite programs do have the facilities, but you know, a hundred million dollars in this thing, the renderings are pretty special. I'm, I'm excited to get in there. Uh, state of the art, right? Like it just is as good as you can get. I, I'm, you know, I'm excited for those that maybe aren't as familiar. Can you talk about just some of the details? We haven't had you on to talk about it just yet. I know a lot of this has been made public, but just some, yeah. of, the, some of the neat features. Cause you know, it really does look pretty awesome. <laughs>
1: Well, everything we're doing, too, is to have an impact on the program. Uh, you know. But we went and studied others. We went and studied NFL and looked at the technology. And we even tried to do some things to forecast or working with our partners and populace who builds these for a living for about every university and, and uh, NFL team about what's coming down the line. But, you know, we're looking at virtual reality where a student athlete can go in and because you're only allowed by NCAA rules 20 hours a week, but you can study film and everything on your own. But now Jordan can go in and virtual reality and we're we'll playing Miami. He can get he can get snaps of looking at Miami's defenses and checks all day long uh, mm-hmm. under under huddle, uh, under under center almost of like he's looking at it real time in a room uh, of reading defenses. So guards, linebackers can get their cues by going in the virtual reality room. And just get more reps during the week to prepare them for the game. So that's some of the things we're doing with 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 the uh, meeting spaces. Going to be have the latest technology. Some things we stole from some teams in the NFL. So, but it's it's going to be everything about growth uh, with this facility. You've heard me say it before. There's not going to be a lazy river flowing yeah. around it. The, the, this is a facility. It's going to be about making them better uh, on the football field. Is also uh, with some academic space that we're going to be able to expand and add is also going to influence them in the classroom as well and assist them there. So we're really excited about putting all the resources available back to the student-athlete growth.
0: No lazy river, but I wouldn't hate if you built in a way to carry that gator head around at the end of that <laughs> game in November. If, if they could, if they do a certain well enough in the practice, they can they can carry that around and know yeah. how that feels coming no up. No problem november <laughs> i may come in to try that one out so um we have talked with some players and some different folks there on fsu's campus and they have repeatedly come back and talked about their relationship with you and, and said really positive things and i just don't know if that is as common everywhere in the country or not you know I, i'm not I'm not honestly talking with other ADs probably as much as you are, but um, we've got some really great athletes from like you talked, we've got football guys. You talked about Hakeem has been by several times. I was chatting with Michaela last week and she said that, you know, she's pretty open door policy. You can kind of just check in whenever we talked to some guys on the baseball team, which their season gets underway here soon, but um, that's a pretty neat aspect. And so like, I, I'm not going to ask you to brag on yourself. I'll sit here and do that for you, but talk to us a little bit about some of the relationships with players and you know the reason for that open door policy, and and something that I think is pretty unique to college
1: athletics. Uh, TJ, I'm just myself, and um, you know, being a former athlete, I look at it from a lot of different lenses. Uh, son of a college football coach, uh, being, being a Division One athlete myself, and looking back, and when I played, didn't even know who my AD was at the time. I look back and go, never saw them, didn't know who they were. Um, you know, and I've been able to learn from greats like Mal Moore and Joe, but at the Joe Castiglione, but at the end of the day, I'm myself and I want to have an authentic, real relationship with all of our student athletes. I want them to know my core values of what we're about, what culture we want as a department. Um, I want them to know our administrative staff. I still go to two, three practices a day. I check in. Um, it may be 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, I try to go through the training room minimum twice a day to check in on athletes who are injured, make sure we're providing the very best for them. They're getting everything they do to get back uh, into their sport. but it's really just you know, letting them know I'm present, letting them know uh, what we're about. Laura brings them cookies, as you know that. I mean, you know, they're trying there a lot of them, so many of them are away from home and just trying to provide that to them but it's really just letting them know who we are and, and having a, an authentic relationship with them and listening you know i got uh, three daughters who are also division one my wife was a division one athlete and three daughters who played division one sports one still playing and all none of them played at home you know they're, they're elsewhere and and i want them to be able to have uh some relationship or someone who will check in on them from time to time to make sure they're doing okay and that's just something i preach to our staff that we need to be authentic we just need to have uh, relationships with them where they feel comfortable in talking to us and just have just have conversations uh where they they know where we stand and what we're about and how much we care about them that we're here to provide that resource and and Try to grow them on the field and off the field, and, and just be there to provide some leadership for them.
0: Yeah, you know, one of those athletes that obviously makes his way around campus and everybody recognizes is Jordan Travis. Obviously, the this is pretty football specific, but the uh, J Trap for Heisman campaign is something that I'm enjoying seeing and enjoying watching on Twitter and everywhere else these days. Um, I, you know, I don't know how much you interact with him, or yeah. you know how much he tries to stay out of the limelight and, and out of the middle of everything. But can you just talk about Jordan and, and your impressions there? And obviously he's been phenomenal on the field, but as a kid that I've gotten a chance to talk with a few times off the field, seems pretty, pretty special as well. But talk to us a little bit about Jordan Travis. Well, you know, he is
1: just one of the most sincere people you'll ever meet. Uh, I mean, you talk about a guy who'd give you the shirt off his back if you needed it. And, uh, in our campaign, um, you know, when we sit down to first start talking about this, and and we want to make sure we capture his personality. And his personality is not going to be the one, look at me, me, me. I'm, a, I, I'm being in contention for the Heisman Trophy early on. And, and that's not his personality. So we want to make sure we do things that portray him as being as as big as a team person as he is. He'll be the first guy to point at his offensive line. He'll be the first guy to talk about the receivers and, and the running backs and how great the defense is doing. It, that's just him. So anything we do to promote him is really going to be about showing his personality off. Here's a guy, you know, in his truck. Who, I tease him all the time. Every time I see him, he's got three fishing rods hanging off the back
0: <laughs> at, at all
1: times. Never is he pull. Po- and if he has 15 minutes and sees a pond down the road, he's going to stop and fish. And, you know, stories are the – that's his personality. I mean, that's – he would rather be out there fishing right now, I promise you, than anywhere else other than a football field. And that's just who he is. And, you know, we want to portray his personality in any campaign we do. And there's more things to come about that. But really showcase what a team guy he is and what a great leader he is, not only on the football team, but for – our, our department and on campus representing us on campus and in the community. Yeah. Uh,
0: baseball and softball season's getting underway now. Softball, uh, actually on the diamond right now as we're chatting. Um, yeah. Baseball starts this weekend. Some upgrades to both of those facilities. A lot of excitement around uh, both programs, obviously with Link. They're at baseball and then softball, feeling like they've got a little, they owe this country a little payback for the way things <laughs> ended last year. But really, really excited for, for both baseball and softball. We yeah. talked about this off air, but doing a, doing a baseball show and a softball show this year. Michaela on softball and then Tibbs and, and Carry On on baseball. So talk to us about those two programs getting going and uh, your excitement level for, for them this year.
1: Well, I want to start with softball first. And, you know, Lonnie's done such a good job speaking about culture of a team. You know, and those athletes are just a joy to be around every day. But, you know, looking at how we can upgrade the facility for our fans, and we talked about the fan experience before, but really putting in some decking for the general admission fans down left field. And then we had a needed a solution uh, when we built a, um, I don't know what, your pavilion over there in right field uh, with hitting cages in our pitching mounds. We didn't expand it to cover our bullpen area. So when it rains, those bullpens would become mud pits and really limit on what we can do there. So they need to be covered. Um, so I'm not going to do anything without a revenue opportunity. So we covered them, but put in some great club seating over there, which I think are some of the best seats in softball. You talk about being on top of the action. So that's down the right field line. And then we have plans even to do something right behind our dugout and continue the decking all the way to the fence in left field. So. All that is coming even this season. Uh, We're going to be working on that. So, really, and we add a new video board. So, (laughs) softball has gotten a lot of upgrades in this year, and it's a program that deserves it. And then having Lincoln Baseball, you know, going into Dick Hauser, and and the first time I walked through Dick Hauser, being a baseball aficionado that I think I am, um, you know, this is the most historic collegiate baseball program in the country. It's kind of like our football program. You know the sustained success that Coach Martin had over all those years it hasn't been replicated, and the more, number of College World Series appearances. And we're going to win one here. Uh, I'm telling you, Link, and we're going to get. Tell me what you need to win one. But when you walked in, Dick Houser, we didn't tell that history. And now that you go in, I hope fans appreciate and enjoy that you're walking into a program or a stadium that's really gonna showcase the history of this program and how great it's been over all these years, how many great players it's had, and just how historic this program is to college, all of college sports, Florida State baseball program means something. So really just working with with Jack Porter and, and putting a vision we had in place and having them come in just to showcase that history, and then we did things. We did the netting. I didn't like the netting in the stadium because interfered with some sight lines and need to be upgraded. Bullpen, new new turf, new grass, uh, new new um, dugouts. I mean, everything just got reshaped as much as we can. Uh, did some work in the locker room showers were leaking we had leaks underneath the tile that hadn't been fixed in two years going and fixing that so you know just going through the upgrades of what needed to be done but really what how to showcase our history for the fan experience and that's something we really touched
0: on there. Speaking of fans uh, Florida State fans are passionate about every sport I was in Gainesville last week uh, for the tennis match uh, and saw Jen and them but as passionate baseball fans, our basketball fans are football, all the sports. There is no group quite like the Animals Section B. Have you warmed up your vocal cords to sing "Okay" into this year? Oh,
1: I love it. Uh, going out to, you know, we have the most passionate f- baseball fan base too. Uh, I mean, the support—we're sold out in the grandstands again um, on season tickets, and you know that's just. The passion and the love for that program is unmatched, and it's something that I, mean, I can't wait till Friday night. Um, you know, the excitement about the program now uh, is the best I've, since I've been here, of course, but it's been a short time. But just hearing the people in the community talk about, can't wait to get there this weekend to, to see the game and how excited they are about the direction and vision of the program now is, is exciting. And, uh, you know, we're going to be young, but I I go to practice and the the detail at practice and just the respect and the commitment of our young men on the practice field is something that's really something to look at and admire, um, especially being a baseball nut like I am. And and just seeing him, seeing coaches go about the detail that he puts into every drill, it's fun to
0: watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people want to talk about this, and, you know, we talked a little off air you know, what you can say, what you can't say here. But people want to talk about conference realignment. They want to talk about revenue. and They want to talk the ACC and this conference, that conference. There were some ACC meetings this week. Um, what can you share with us from, from the ACC meetings? What can you share with us on this whole crazy world that is the conference realignment of college football right now?
1: Well, you see a lot of movement, you, you know, starting next year. Of course, USC and UCLA's moving to the Big Ten uh, to assist that, to give that conference an, another market to, to go into, in, into Los Angeles and Southern California and out west. And then you see the approval, which we knew was going to happen with Texas and Oklahoma, now going to the SEC starting in 24. So 2024 is a big year and, and a lot of movement. And with that comes television contracts, that are, are going to give about 30 million dollars more, in my estimation, than what the ACC is getting. And for us to be able to survive, that just can't happen. Yeah. Um, so we really got to look as a conference at how we grow our revenues, uh, what we can do. And, and I'm very vocal, and they know. You know, you've seen me point out numbers over the last 10 years in our worst time. Uh, when I go back and look, we're still number one in the conference in average viewership in the regular season, and by by a margin. So that brand still carries, uh, not only in this region but across the country. And when you look at what TV contracts measure, they measure households, they measure viewership, they measure championships. When it's, when ESPN or ABC or Fox or you name it. Is evaluating a conference or evaluating a television rights deal, having negotiated them in the NFL, this is what they're looking at. And so I think we check all those boxes of adding value. When I run my numbers, we represent 10 to 12 percent of the ACC contract media value. I mean that's a lot. Uh, Some measurements get it up to 14, 15 percent, depending on what you add in there. If you add postseasons and some other uh, intangibles, so. You know we bring value to the conference and so there's just i just want to make sure the conference understands that that we consider ourselves very valuable and we we drive revenue for everyone within the conference
0: how much does uh the success of the program right now continue to help some of those conversations and and help that right i think if you if, if if the program wasn't in a super successful spot Right now, from uh, an on the field or on the courts perspective, um, you probably don't have some of the same maybe bargaining chips or maybe some of the same weight behind it. But, you know, it's probably a good time that success on the field and in a lot of different programs coincides with some of these conversations.
1: Well, we're going to be growing. We're getting better. Uh, You hear me every day. How are you doing? President and I laugh because we're getting better, sir, every day. Uh, every time I put my head on the pillow, I'm going to wake up and we're going to get better today, across the board. But you see what you know. Some of the numbers. You mentioned softball. Look what our, our what we bring to the table when we played UCLA in softball. Was it 1.7 million? That's Last insane. year one of the highest softball viewerships in the regular season. Last year in Clearwater, it's going to be that way again when we play this this weekend in Clearwater coming up. We're going to have unbelievable numbers. There's a reason ESPN's carrying us every time we, we step on the uh, diamond, uh, because that brand draws. Uh, there's a reason baseball gets picked up. There's a reason that football is still carrying, even as I mentioned earlier, going back to 2014 to 22, we were still the number one brand in, in the ACC and one of the top brands in the conference. Um, so that means things uh, to, to these media contracts and so when you look at what we bring to the table it's only going to get better in my view uh, because we're going to have success uh, we got the play, the people in place and the processes in place to continue to steal from coach norvell we're going to continue climbing yeah. and we're just going to get better across all of our sports beach volleyball numbers they do when they play on espn for a national championship so, and it's that logo, it's that brand, it's the people in the country, not only in Florida, in the Southeast region, but the country follow Florida State. That's one reason why I, I, I'm liking that we play Syracuse as one of our permanent opponents. Because uh, we're gonna get into the New York market that's just gonna enhance our brand even more as we look and as TV contracts and opportunities come open in the future, that we continue to grow and show the worth uh, of of what Florida State brings to the table. I mean, how often do you have a top 20 academic institution in America that is also this successful in the classroom with their student athletes and competes for national championships pretty much across the board in everything we do? So, and I got to thank our fans. I got to thank our constituents, our alumni that follow us. We couldn't do it without them and have these type numbers that we have
0: any time you turn on the tube and see the garnet and gold. There's a lot of tubes being turned on. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, competing across all sports, right? Football with ten wins, you know, beach volleyball, runner, national runners up, uh, soccer to the final football. Um, you know, you can go down golf. the list. But, yeah, it just, yeah, Trey last year uh, yeah. with, with track Went and everything off. else, but, uh, oh, golf. Yeah, it, it just it never it never ends it never stops. Um, we always like to kind of give you an opportunity here to, to talk about this, but we have the we have the annual fund that we can talk about, and we also have Coach Norvell's uh, booster tour going on right now. I know you guys had your first stop this week, but uh, just talk to us a little bit about how people can get involved, how they can support, how they can maybe come out and see Coach and you if they have you on a plane to go with them or not. But talk to us a little bit about uh, how people can get involved and support.
1: Yeah, we were last night, we were in Pensacola, and that's such an important area. For us, the panhandle and really kind of, I call it, kind of getting re engaged in that area with Coach. And we had at least 400 people turn out last night in Pensacola. And it was a great crowd. And we got so many great Seminoles there that, uh, you know, we're just proud to get out and share our vision. And I think we're being in Orlando Monday, next Monday. I think we're in Miami uh, later in the week, next week and just getting out and really thanking the people for all their support. Because um, we are growing uh, and we are getting better, but you know we're self-sustaining athletic Department, so we don't get any state funds or anything from the university. So for us to continue to reinvest in the student athlete experience and provide the very best resources, whether that's nutrition, academic support, tutors, facility, everything that we provide our student athletes, all comes from what we're able to go out and fundraise for, and all our and all of our different revenue streams. So we're we're going out, and I call it the power of one. You know, we, we got to get our donor base up because this boosters represent about 38% of our athletic budget. And so, if it's seventy dollars, if it's a hundred dollars, I'd love to see it be twenty-five thousand dollars. But just giving us getting to us annually. And growing that annual fund. Uh, we have the largest alumni base in the ACC, 375,000 roughly, about 50,000 more than North Carolina. And people don't, don't believe this stat, but yet we're sixth or seventh in number of donors within our own conference. Uh, so we got to get it up to about 20,000 and every dollar matters. If you're living in Iowa right now, living in Chicago and and love the Garnet and golds, so just $70, just joining the boosters and getting involved and knowing that that's going directly to support the student-athlete experience and provide them the very best that we can provide them. That's what it's about. And it's continue If you believe in what our coaches are doing across the board and the vision of the department, we just ask you to to get involved with us, and I think you, you, would, you would be very happy that you did knowing the type of people that you interview and the type of young men and women we have associated with this program or this department uh, would make you happy uh, to yeah. be important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We try and bang that drum. We try and let people know it's almost a badge of honor um, to, to know that you're, you know, it, it might be a small part, but that you are when you, you talked about flipping on the TV and, and seeing that brand and seeing that logo um, to know that, again it may be a small part but you're supporting that and you're you're helping kind of make that possible and so yeah with with plans as as cheap as they are you can do five dollars a month and it's a cup of it's less than a cup of starbucks less than a cup of
1: coffee (laughs) and and it's just us join us
0: and believing in our
1: vision and so many people have stepped up you know we've been able to grow it uh, but we want to get to the twenty thousand mark Uh, you know we really want to get um there's no excuse why we can't, and that's just getting our message out and i'm so glad you're you're having our student athletes on because i'm a firm believer when you hear them or get a chance to meet them you're going to want to contribute you're going to want to to assist at any level that you can because uh, knowing that it goes back to provide for them and what we the the just the resources we can provide for them all comes from that
0: yeah. Well, Michael, we appreciate you a ton for hanging out, spending some time with us this afternoon. Um, Look forward to getting back up there in a few weeks and seeing you. But thank you so much for your time and all that you do for FSU.
1: I'm looking forward to having you guys back up here. Looking forward to coming to Tampa. Um, I think that's in May at some point. We're down in Tampa, so hopefully I'll be able to see you there uh, when we do the Norville Tour and I think we do the Quarterback Challenge Golf Tournament at the same time. So I'm looking forward to getting down there. So many great knolls in your neck of the woods as well. So I yeah. just want to say I appreciate everybody. Appreciate your support. Join the boosters. Uh, come out and support our student athletes and because uh, they, they are truly special people. TJ, I tell people all the time, I got 600 great stories to tell. Uh, if I just get you around one of them, you're, you're going to want to support and help them uh, achieve their success.
0: Love it, love it. Good stuff. Well, we appreciate it, Megan. We'll talk to you soon. Go Knowles. Appreciate it. Go Knowles.